Winning is hard, so I think tonight was a great testament for our kids and how much they love each other and how much they love playing for each other and, and the staff. And when I say it was for South Carolina, it's a great night, you know, for Gamecock Nation and, and for the Carolina fans across the, the state. Yeah, it was awesome. You saw our players uh, respond to the fans that were sitting in the corner. Uh, they're fired up. Our support staff's fired up. The energy inside of the, the locker room was awesome. It was a dance party, man. It was just the way it should be after a big win. You know, we have an expectation that we're going to win easy, but um, sometimes it's not so easy. I think it's difficult to win in this conference. I think it's difficult to win. You were down by six to go for it on fourth and goal to seven instead of kick. Can you talk about that a little bit? We're going for it. We walked in the stadium, we're going for it. There was no question. We're going for the win the whole time. We're not, we're not going to let this crowd intimidate us. We, we, it wasn't going to happen. We, we, we were coming in this house to win the game, so, and so was I. So I was having fun with it. Part of college football. You can never feel comfortable until there's zeros on the clock. I mean, 21 seconds, and they drive down there and, and have a chance to tie it. Oh, I knew they was going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. You know, I hate it for the kids, you know, and all that. Uh, yeah, there's an open tryout, and you can announce this. There's an open tryout on our campus uh, for kickers, you know. Anybody that wants to uh, wants a kick or or uh, walk on and kick at uh, Mississippi State. Um, you know, we'll hold a tryout anytime you can get over there to our building uh, and providing you're cleared by the NC2A. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee hover? <laughs> What's up, buddy? <laughs> oh, man, you sound like you're in a good mood. Are you? But you're not drinking that bourbon. What you drinking oh, on? No, no. I'm, of course, light right now, buddy. I'm a little dry in the old bourbon department. <laughs> I've set up my address, so hopefully here before the week's up. I can drink some of that Kentucky finest. <laughs> Ooh. Well, Shane, it was such a big weekend. I'm cracking one open too, man. I almost had about three heart attacks watching the SEC on Saturday. We had Kentucky, Tennessee back and forth we'll get into. We had Mississippi State, Arkansas. That was a an outstanding game. We got Dan mm -hmm. Mullen basically getting run out of Ooh. town at this point. Man, did we on, have man. a wild weekend <laughs> in the SEC. Hell yeah, we had a wild weekend. You know, you think about all the all the games coming into it. It's like, you're like, okay, yeah, I could see Georgia blowing out Missouri. I could see that, you know. Mm -hmm. But most likely, uh, all these other games are going to be pretty tight. Except maybe the Florida game, because they're probably going to blow out South Carolina. Not so fast, my friend. I mean, it was <laughs> just, it was a wild weekend. Uh, I'm on cloud nine, obviously, because we won. But, you know, you sent me an interesting interesting text, Mike. Uh, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. And, and I, I want to get it verbatim. You were talking about the uh, – maybe you can pull it up real quick. Okay. Like a s couple seconds away from, you know, it's like like your weekend can be, like, destroyed in, like, ten seconds. Oh, I got something. you right here. Yeah. This is okay. what I sent. This is about midnight, 
Saturday. We were both hammered drunk. <laughs> I said, it's wild how close agony and celebration can be when it comes to college football. <laughs> it's so true, man. I'm sitting there watching that last drive there at Kentucky, and I'm just like, there's no way we're going to stop them. We haven't stopped them all night. We watched this whole uh, – this damn offense has been on the field the entire time. We're constantly reminded from Beth that uh, that this is the 200th play of Kentucky, and it was just like, <laughs> we're not going to stop it. So, in the back of my mind, I got this meme, you know. I got all these things I want to send out just to bash Kentucky fans, but I'm also on the verge of deleting it all, you know. <laughs> And turning my phone off and going to bed pissed off. So uh, that's good. That is college football, and that's exactly what we had this weekend, Mike. Yeah, we'll get to that Tennessee Kentucky in just a moment, Shane. But uh, I think we gotta start with uh, the the shocker of the weekend, and not only in the SEC but probably in all of college football, Shane, because mm-hmm. an eighteen and a half point favorite Florida Gators go in to Columbia to face a South Carolina team, Shane, that. Hey, I said it, and I meant it on the last episode. I mean, Texas A&M made this look like an FCS team. Mm-hmm. They beat Vanderbilt by one point. They struggled against East Carolina. Uh, there's been so many downs for South Carolina and Shane Beamer mm-hmm. this season. Fans want the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach fired. <laughs> and then give them two weeks to prepare, Shane. They've, they've circled the wagons, and South Carolina just whooped Florida 40 to 17 and all of a sudden all these people in Dan Mullen's corner I mean there was already a lot of people jumping off but we have measured level-headed folks saying how does Dan Mullen come back from this one you know I, I said this is going to be the biggest month of his coaching career and he's already failed it one game in being not competitive against the South Carolina Gamecocks Man, mm-hmm. where do you go from here if you're the if Florida Gator, Shane? <sighs> Buddy, hey, for starters, you're probably like, whoa, where did all that quality come from? Shane got so excited, I forgot to turn my mic on, Mike. So we're about, <laughs> we're about 30 seconds into good quality. So just <laughs> FYI, you may want to back up, record a little bit here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so this is going about as smooth as Florida's offense right now. And they're, they're struggling, man. We're, we're on a three-game losing streak. And, and, and the fact it's like, just when you feel like you've, you've kind of hit the bottom, you hit the bottom. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to take anything away from South Carolina, but this is a team a few weeks ago that was struggling against Vanderbilt, Mike. Mm-hmm. And now you've got the Florida Gators, not just getting beat, but getting beat down by the Gamecocks. I mean, this, where do you go from here? They're, they're the joke of, of the internet right now. They're the memes it's almost you almost want to turn it off because you about heard it all. You've got even national media, uh, barstool guys, just constantly bringing up non-recruiting down there at Florida, mm-hmm. and this is why they're in this predicament. So I, I don't know, man. I, what do you do? Do you fire the coach? Do you fire a coach that that I think made your program better the last couple of years? And have they real? Have they ran a wheel off? Absolutely, but. I don't know. What do you do? What do you do from here? Yeah, it's just wild, Shane, how quickly things can change. I mean, a year ago, Florida Gators deep in the conversation legitimately to go to the college football playoff. I think they were number five in the country. Then you lose Mm -hmm. to LSU. It's been a backslide ever since. And I think the most damning thing, Shane, and, you know, listeners of this show are well aware, I'm not the guy 
that thinks, you know, we should just fire everybody. Hell, we did a segment about yeah. a month ago. Let's keep Coach O. Let's keep Dan Bullitt. Let's keep Jimbo. <laughs> I mean, that you know, you, you cannot overreact to a bad loss, yet if you're the Florida Gators, I mean, the strength of Dan Mullen in his X's and O's, his, his game planning, his game calling, his quarterback coaching, and all that has taken a major, major slide this season. You lose mm-hmm. to Kentucky. You got outcoached against Kentucky here against South Carolina. The biggest issue to me, Shane, no identity on offense. And that's yeah. what Dan Mullen, Florida, is supposed to be. They came out, Shane. This is the SEC's number one rushing attack in uh, yards per carry. They came out 10 consecutive passes with Emory Jones, who, to his credit, he was completing some deep balls. He was keeping them in the game. So it's not even on Emory Jones, but I'm just trying to figure out what the hell's a game plan when South Carolina has been struggling uh, defensive. Well, just more overall as a program, they're starting a third-string quarterback that came from St. Francis. Let's give him a shout-out, Jason Brown. He was outstanding, 175 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he got it done. He stepped up. But on the flip side, I mean, Florida cannot stop the run to save their lives. 284 yards rushing for the South Carolina Gamecocks, only 82 for Florida. So over a 200-yard discrepancy there. And it was just big play after big play here, Shane. I mean, they were just getting gashed, this Florida defense. And Todd Grantham haters, man, they certainly have themselves, uh, you know, They've been justified here. Seven rushes of over 10 yards for South Carolina. Five passes of over 15 yards for, uh, again, an an offensive coordinator, an offensive line coach that most South Carolina fans are ready to kick to the curb. They made them look like uh, 2019 LSU, 2020 Alabama out here. You know what? (laughs) Absolutely, man. Of course, you know, I tried to stay positive going into this game for South Carolina. I just wanted to let them know, hey, man, you got to – you got a bright future ahead of you. It may not be now, but it's it's coming. And you're looking at a Florida team that was struggling. You got a Clemson team coming up that's struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're one game away from a bowl, right? And, and you're and the teams going into the games that we were worried about those 50-50 games that they lost thinking this was going to keep them out of a bowl game. They're right back in the mix. Hell, Florida's struggling. They're the ones that's trying to make a bowl game now. So, I I, I, I want to tell you, man, I, as much as we want to make this story about Florida, I do want to – I mean, you got to mention just the, the – you want to talk about identity? It felt like we found a little bit of that this week here in Columbia. You know, this Brown kid, I don't know much about him. You know what I'm saying? To, to get on here and act like I know the – complete background all i know is that when it came crunch time he made completions mm-hmm. he made this team two-dimensional and when you did that that opened up the running game for for hair hell look i haven't seen kevin harris since what 2019 it feels like <laughs> you know so right he came out there this this team had some offense had some life and once they got going even though that place wasn't sold out that place was freaking rocking mike and that's what south carolina needs yeah south carolina averaged 8.8 yards on first down chain. So that really helped. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you need when you got a young quarterback. You're, you're winning first down convincingly. And like you said, Kevin Harris, eight yards a carry. Zaquandre White, eight and a half yards per carry. Marshawn mm-hmm. Lloyd, six and a half yards per carry. I mean, that that's a quarterback's best friend, Shane, when you're just grounding and pounding like that, slashing the opposing defense. And like you said, South Carolina now a game away from making a bowl game. 
when many fans were done with the season just two weeks ago. Now you're going, yeah. you're playing in Missouri. You got up, you know, that's looks like a toss up game to me. You got Auburn coming to town. There's obviously bad blood there. Auburn just lost a game. We'll get to that. And then, like you said, Clemson, hell, they can barely win in uh, the worst ACC I've ever seen in my life. So there's a lot of hope uh-huh. for the Gamecocks right now. But, you know, to circle back to your question, man, I just don't – I don't know if Dan Mullen's going to make it, man, because, I mean – Is is he going to get fired this week? Do you think, do you think that's going to happen? Well, if it's going to happen, I think the sooner the better, Shane, because we're five weeks away from signing time the early signing period, we, you know, there's jobs open across the, uh, you're going to have to be competing though. That's an an issue. You're going to be competing with LSU. You're going to be competing with uh, Southern Cal for head coaching positions. This is not an ideal time. They just gave Dan Mullen an extension. So there's a lot of reasons to keep him, but it just seems like the fan base is out on him. It seems like uh, his answers in the post game, comments week in and week out are are worse and worse and I just don't see how it goes well for me it's almost like I feel like uh Urban Meyer is going to hire him to be his offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. in the Jacksonville Jaguars next year I mean I don't even know if Dan Mullen can land a job at this point no I I I don't either Mike it feels like he's reeling but you know one thing that that sucks is we've always known Dan is terrible at the mic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like even when he came in, the quirky comments, the, the, we, we picked it all apart. We Hell, we've made it the intro several times. Dan's just <laughs> not good with reporters. And I feel like, you know, when you're winning, it doesn't matter. It's fun. It's cute. It's whatever, you know. But if you're losing, then it's – dissected and analyzed and Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't care about this team and everything I do not think that Dan went into this game without some sort of game plan however you know the the flow of the game clearly dictated how this thing ended and I'm sure what surprised me was there was the lack of halftime adjustments we've seen from Dan in games past so I mean, part of me does question the coaching. You know, up to this point, I said, you know, okay, I made this happen because that happened. And, you know, but this game right here, it just felt like what you said, they came out almost as if, hey, as long as we show up to South Carolina, we'll win this thing. That's almost what it felt like. And they were punched in the mouth over and over again. Mm-hmm. And last thing I got, Shane, I think the most damning thing here, if you're – Looking at the standings, you're a Florida Gator fan. You see South Carolina is now ahead of you in the SEC East. And perhaps Mm -hmm. more importantly, the Gamecocks are ahead of you in the recruiting rankings. And we all know that is a sore subject down there in Gainesville. But that is just not acceptable uh, unless South Carolina's got them. uh, Steve Spurrier down there, you know what I mean? So, Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, I I think the change is coming. Absolutely. And we're recording this at 5.53, so if he gets fired here in a little bit, just know what time it is here on Sunday. (laughs) Uh, Shane, uh, at least from up here, it looked like this was your offensive line's best game by a pretty good margin. What what do you credit that to? And did you expect them to be able to come out and just be able to dominate the way they kind of did? Um... Yes. I mean, I know you guys think I'm crazy when I tell you that I see how we practice, and then sometimes it's frustrating the way we've played, and we haven't played good enough. But, you know, every single person, we just we, – we made an individual commitment to 
win your one-on-one battles, be physical, and then just compete. And, and that's what we've just talked about for two weeks and what we talked about in the team meeting at the hotel last night, what we talked about in the team meeting at the hotel before we came to the stadium, and what we talked about in the locker room right before we took the field is that there's just a bunch of one-on-one individual battles all over the field, every single play with the 22 guys out there, and that we needed to compete our butts off better than we have been and, and win those. And uh, credit, you know, Coach Satterfield and Coach Atkins and the rest of our offensive staff for putting together a great plan, um, and um, and and giving them, you know, giving putting together a scheme that gives our guys a chance to to be successful. And uh, and, and they did, and they played physical, and and it was fun to it was fun to watch them from that standpoint. You said tonight was about South Carolina. Can you just kind of expand a little bit more upon that, uh, what you meant by that, and and what do you think that the message and or statement uh, was that this team made? Uh, it's a team that continues to get better and better and um, loves each other, cares for one another. We talked about it before the game that we needed to be the closest, most connected team on the field tonight, and I think we were. Um, it's a testament to them for how they just continue to work and just get better and put your put your head down and just go and and not not worry about what's being said on the outside just the people that in our building or what matter and uh just continue to get better we, we knew we had a good football team i know we didn't look like it when we played out in texas a&m two weeks ago and it wasn't always pretty against vandy but you know that was one thing coach spurrier did tell me uh, Dick on Thursday night was you guys are four and four and you've won a lot of close games, which is not easy to do um, in your first year, which I appreciate him saying that. And we have, you know, winning's hard. And I know everybody expects us to just, you know, the teams that you're supposed to beat, beat them by a certain margin and all that. That Well, they got good team, good players too. And uh, winning is hard. So I think tonight was a great testament for our kids and how much they love each other and how much they love playing for each other and, and this staff. And when I say it was for South Carolina, it's a great night, you know, for Gamecock Nation and, and for the Carolina fans across the, the state that it – there, there haven't been a lot of great moments like this over the last uh, couple years. And just like our players were, you know, um, I want them to have success. I want these fans that are so uh, passionate for us uh, to be able to celebrate and have nights uh, like this as well. So just really happy for them, really happy for our players. And uh, hopefully we've got a lot more of these, uh, these games coming like this as well. Shane, hold, hold on, hold on, Gene, and we will if uh, those a lot of those recruits that were in that stadium tonight and the ones that are texting me on my phone, if they decide to come to Carolina, we'll have some even more fantastic nights than this. Sorry, Gene, go ahead. Yeah, Dan, with, with so much to play for, I mean, to get back on track, and you said the team was spirited this week at practice. How, how do you explain yeah, that's a tough one. I know, uh, you know, I know everybody's disappointed. I thought our guys had a great attitude this week and worked and uh, the desire of our guys, uh, you know, the attitude that they bring, uh, you know, we just got to we got to create some positive momentum for the guys on the team. And, uh, you know, for those guys and, and you know, we as coaches got to got to improve and uh, and help them get better. I mean, do you feel like do, do you feel like the players got knocked in their heels and just kind of, I don't want to say gave up, but do you feel like the energy no, deflated? No, I, I certainly don't think we gave up. I think, you know, I mean, I give our guys credit. You know, they, they battled. You know, they uh, faced a lot of adversity. Uh, you know, faced a lot of adversity and then continued to battle. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we faced all kinds of adversities this week, and we, we those guys continued to battle.
Dan, are you are you stunned by the outcome, or given what you guys went through all week, did you kind of see this coming? Well, uh, no, I didn't see it coming. I'm I'm obviously really disappointed. You give them credit; their guys played really well, uh, made plays that were there to be made. I mean, uh, it. it I don't know. I've coached a long time, so I don't know that that stuff is stunning, uh, it, it really ever to me. But um, you know, obviously, didn't didn't see, wasn't seeing the game play out this way. So uh, you know, very disappointed. I know our players are very disappointed. Did did you foresee the the struggles that you guys have had over these last three weeks at the midpoint uh, of the season? Well, no, I don't. I mean, it was. I mean, there's, there's been a bunch throughout the year. So, I mean, I don't. You don't foresee anything. You know, you don't. You don't foresee all, all the turnovers we've had, and uh, you know, some of those issues. And you don't like some inconsistencies in which we've performed with. Uh, you don't really foresee that stuff. Well, I'll tell you where they're not going to be firing their coach anytime soon, Shane, and that's on old Rocky Top because Tennessee <laughs> went on the road, beat Kentucky, forty-five to 42 in a game that featured one punt <laughs> and just nonstop. I, I think it was something like uh, over a thousand yards, 1100 yards nearly of total offense. This thing uh -huh. was just back and forth. Will Levis and Hendon Hooker look like all Americans. Oh, it turns out Hendon Hooker can't play in the cold shade. Uh, four touchdowns, 316 yards. Will Levis had 372, three touchdowns, but of course, that crucial, crucial interception that was returned for a touchdown by Alante Taylor. That play, and right before half, Shane, when Mark Stoop got – he got a little greedy. He tried to secure some points mm -hmm. there right before halftime. And who could blame him because they were playing so well on offense. But when you don't yeah. get it done, you turn it over on downs, and Tennessee quickly uh, finds a way to add a, a cheap three points. I mean, that was literally the difference in the game. Josh Heupel – Outcoach Mark Stoops in that scenario, and mm -hmm. man, again, I believe Stoops is two and seven now against Tennessee. They've they've lost some insane like thirty five of thirty seven in this series, and so all that momentum Kentucky had just has been destroyed with three straight losses. And I think even though you you know there was so much hype around the Georgia game, this has got to be the one that hurts those fans the most, don't you think? Golly, Mike, you know it does because I, I'm I always like to say, well, if it would have ended different, if if they would have completed a a, a touchdown there at the end, it, you know, then I would have been like, damn, you know, Kentucky, Kentucky played great, mm -hmm. Mike. They got back to what they do, and that's running the ball. And anybody that watched this game, I mean, you got a full dose of Kentucky offense because it felt like they were on the field the entire time. In fact, they were on there what forty six minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean. It was it was insane how inf how efficient this offense was. You always felt like Tennessee was going to be able to move the ball. They're always going to be able to strike just as good as Kentucky's offense was playing. Their defense was on the opposite end of that spectrum. Mike, they 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 let way too many big plays go from Tennessee Volunteers, and then you could look over at Tennessee. They just were not able. Even when they had 8-9 in the box, you just could not stop them. As soon as you got Rodriguez taken care of, here comes Smoke. As soon as you got Smoke taken care of, there's Will around the end. It's mm -hmm. just these guys were efficient, and they were playing Kentucky football, and that opened up play action, that opened up the passing routes. It was just – offense A-plus all the way down. And, it, you know, I get it. 
the very end, there's going to be a, a lot of controversy about the, the you know, the, the, the face mask and Stoops yelling. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is it was fourth and 24 and you completed it. You want to hear some yelling? I surprised my neighbors <laughs> didn't call the cops when they got that. I was so damn mad when they got that first time. I'm like, how do you leave somebody wide open on the side? But needless to say, it, you had an opportunity to tie this game. You had an opportunity to win this game. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away from Kentucky because I'm going to tell you, those boys, they fought their asses off, man. Tennessee just happened to have the last possession, and that's what this game was. It almost felt like that going into the half when we got that that little chip shot three-point that we really needed, man. It, it almost felt like whoever has the ball last in this game is going to be the winner, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tennessee didn't get many stops. Like you said, Shane, Kentucky was 12 of 17 on third downs, sure. which is incredible. But here's where the key, man, fourth, fourth down. Kentucky was only one of four, so – Tennessee did get some stops when they needed it. Again, they got mm-hmm. the big pick six. Alante Taylor, he was the one that, uh, you know, made the bowl talk during the week. So he had to back it up, and he did. <laughs> He'll end his Tennessee career victorious over the Kentucky Wildcats. And right now, Kentucky's still ahead in, of the uh, volunteers in the SEC standings. But uh, I don't know. It, it certainly feels like Tennessee has kept Kentucky underneath them yet again and th- and this was a season that you know was looking like a new year six type bowl was in kentucky's yeah. fate now i gotta be concerned shane that the, that they'll be able to finish strong after three straight losses and that, that where would this offense be shane without uh, wandale robinson my goodness 18 targets <laughs> si- what do you have 13 catches 166 and yeah. a touchdown he was incredible but this is the problem when you only got one main target on the outside that is something that uh, has kind of haunted Kentucky. I know Josh Ali is a good player, but he didn't, uh, you know, seven catches, 74. Normally that's a good day, Shade. I mean, there's about <laughs> six receivers on the field that had more yards than that in this one. But, uh, man, what a what an exciting game. And, and it kind of goes back to that text that I shared earlier. I mean, this thing, it was flip a coin, just kind of like I thought yeah. it would be. And, and one play here, one play there. Either team could have won it. Not a lot of separation between these two, but it's rare to get a road victory here in the SEC. And Tennessee got it done, Shane. And now you're sitting here, you're looking at seven possible win regular season. How could you, right. you know, ask for anything more in Josh Heupel's first season when he's working with uh, like 70 scholarship players? Yeah, man, because this isn't a pushover Kentucky team, man. I'm telling you, this is a stout ball club. They're going to win out. They got three games coming up. Vanderbilt, that's a pushover. New Mexico State, yeah, that's a victory. And then, of course, their little brother, Louisville, up there. So that's going to be a closed-out season. There was a real shot at the end of this season that Kentucky could be a one-loss program. I mean, you factor in the toughest game they had, Georgia Bulldogs. Ain't a lot of people going to be able to compete with the Georgia Bulldogs. So that's that's my biggest thing was the fact that Tennessee went up there into hostile territory because, you I mean, you look at that Florida game, that place can get loud, that place can get rowdy, and it caught Tennessee a few times, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they went to hostile territory, and they capitalized. I'm telling 
Hooker came out, man, throwing the ball. I, I mean, just throwing dimes. It didn't matter what was going on. He found the wide-open receiver, and he made big plays when we needed it. Uh, I think one of the most crucial ones and, and ones that we're probably not talking about is the mobility. Right. Um, you know, there was a couple of big third down games. We were able to get Hooker uh, a first down because of his of his legs. So, I don't know. Just the maturity of this ball club, these receivers that have emerged. Uh, I mean, we, we, we've got something special on that side of the ball. And if you're a Tennessee ball fan, you're excited because we're young. And we got a bright future. we got a coach we love. But, again, I don't want to take away from Kentucky. Kentucky lost this game. But, hell, you play this game five times, Mike, I cannot tell you who's going to win it each time. Right. So, it, this, this was a coin toss, and it was uh, – these teams, it was just a deadlock, even match. And, and thank God we just had the ball last. Yeah, but if I'm a Kentucky fan, Shane, I'm, a, I'm definitely concerned about this defense. I mean, that's supposed to be Mark Stoops' strength. They got Brad White, one of the most respected defensive coordinators in the SEC, and we just got torched. And yeah. with big play after big play after big play, and – I mean, I thought every time Tennessee had the ball, they were going to score. I mean, of course, I yeah. thought the same thing about Kentucky every time they had the ball. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that just, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be quite like that, but I thought Kentucky would have success against the Vols, whereas this defense has got, has got to turn it around for Kentucky. That, I expect a lot better from Mark Stoops' defense. Dude, if it felt like mistakes, right? Who who made the mistakes? Mm -hmm. So that that pick six, the biggest mistake of the night. I if that didn't happen, Mark Stoops maybe uh, being a little aggressive there at the half, you know, leaving Tennessee some time to get down there and get a field goal. Mistake, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. yeah, there was some crucial mistakes that Kentucky made and put themselves in this situation. But again, I'm not convinced that Tennessee is just that much better than Kentucky. It's just. We made less mistakes. And I also would say that the penalty on Mark Stoops, I know they converted it there on the, what was it, fourth, oh, fourth and 30, whatever, yeah. but that was a stupid penalty. That was a penalty of a coach, I think, that was very frustrated with his defense, frustrated, obviously, with the officiating on the on the missed face mask, but you cannot mm -hmm. do that. I mean, he, he almost ended the game himself, and Absolutely. Th there's, there's no excuse for that. It's like Coach Knott throwing a chair across. You know, you just, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it's like just get over. I know you're mad, but yell at one of your players or something. Or a Tennessee fan throwing that mustard bottle. Yeah, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Josh, just what did you see from him that allowed him to be so For him, just he's continued to grow in understanding of what we're doing. Uh, he sees and recognizes defense. You know, is continuing to get better at that. So he, he's in the right spot to make the right decisions. He's taking care of the football, doing a good job escaping in the pocket when things break down. We took took a couple of saps, sacks uh, in the later part of the game that uh, that hurt us. Took points off the board, uh, but that really wasn't him. There was just nowhere for him to to get out of it. Um, super efficient. We trust him with the football. Uh, the third or the uh, the sequence right before half uh, was a huge uh, sequence. Defense getting a stop on fourth down, us uh, doing some things to to get into field goal uh, range and, and then uh, and then hitting it. Um, it uh, you know highly efficient pass protection, throwing it and catching it, and then Chase uh, draining a big kick there. Starting game that way. 
I, I don't know if we thought those four plays would gain that type of yardage. Um, there's some things that we thought we could take advantage of. Really high level of execution from guys without the ball in their hands allowed those big plays to happen. You know, our, our third series has some big plays too, and, and uh, you know, we end up fumbling the football. Um, <clears throat> when it was going really well, I, I thought, you know, up front in particular, we, we saw, we recognized, we blocked things extremely well uh, at times, you know, in particular on some pass pro, uh, we got beat interiorly at times. I think just the competitive nature, the competitive composure to their demeanor, whether something positive or negative happened on the previous drive, their ability to come back over and just kind of reset. Something we talk about, you try to train, but man, for them to do it in this, this moment against a really good football team on the road uh, speaks to, to who they are and what they are becoming as, as a unit. And uh, really proud of the way they, they finished the ball game. Rather not give up the, the fourth and <laughs> extra long right there, but um, I love their, their ability to reset and go finish at the next four plays. End of the first half, that some of the, can you just walk us through some of the decision making there? Pardon me? At the end of the first half, you have the ball and. and yeah, I wish I'd have punted it, huh? You know. You know, that's why I punt normally. But I did, I didn't, you know, and but I thought we'd convert, you know, and I thought it was calculated again, the way we were not playing great defense, trying to be aggressive, trying to get some points there at the end of the first half. At the worst case scenario, I wanted to go in 21-21 because we were getting the ball to start the second half and we had been moving the ball very effective. And uh, bad decision. But the, the missed face mask call on that last drive and then the penalty against you. Yeah, really, well, number one, I don't want to say anything about uh, the missed call or any call, whether it was a call, a missed call or not. Um, but for myself, that's still no excuse. You know, I can't do that. I can't put that, I can't put that on our team in that situation. Thank God they, they bailed me out because we wouldn't even have ran that play had we not been in that situation that was only for desperation and that you know in that that type of play so we got that back and got back to to uh first down and had had our opportunity from there so i appreciate the team bailing me out on that but um i can't do that and uh as far as a you know call or not call things are going to happen we have to overcome it and deal with it and i'm not going to sit here and give any headlines I think it's de definitely a, a factor. Um, you know, with that, you know, the way they, they the way they go so fast that there's, um, you know, there's it, it's it's extremely difficult to get any type of uh, different style, different calls in, and uh, it goes so fast that. Uh, you know, you really got to be, you know, you really got to be lined up, locked in, and getting the calls and then executing them. But then you have to win. You know, you have to win because uh, they have good balance as well. They're going to they're gonna run it and and run it effectively, but then but then put you in those one-on-one -on -one situations outside. And 
I, again, I knew I, I knew they were going to hit some, but we have to win some more. You know, we have to win our fair share of one-on-ones. Right, Shane, we got to move it along here, and we got uh, a big one here in the SEC West because Texas A&M, my goodness, Shane, Mike Elko and his Ooh. defense won them the day, beats the Auburn Tigers 20-3. to Auburn was red hot coming into this thing, yet uh, it was the Aggie defense, and that 12th man really got to Bo Nix, made him look uh, a lot like the Bo Nix we had seen in years past and, and maybe even against that Georgia State game. Uh, the, the Texas A&M front just dominated the line of scrimmage. Shane Auburn did not have a single play that went longer than 12 yards. Oof, no, ex excuse me, 15 yards. But still, 15 yards is, is your longest play of the day. Uh, <laughs> but again, on the other side, Texas A&M, it's not like their offense was lighting it up. Otherwise, uh, this thing could have been a blowout. The only defense scored was was scored by Mike Elko's defense when Michael Clemens <laughs> picked up uh, the Bo Nix. He just dropped it, and it was returned, yeah. scoop and score touchdown. That was the biggest play of the game for the Aggies. And, uh, you know, I, I know Zach Calzada's not lighting it up here, 15 to 29, 192, but uh, if you missed it, man, it looked like he had a separated shoulder, something like his arm just oh, yeah. it, it went dead on him. And – that's yeah. the second time this season I said, well, good run for Calzada, but his season's done. <laughs> and then he missed two plays. He, he come <laughs> storming out of the locker room. He's back on the field. My goodness. Uh, someone tweeted out Calzada. If his face gets ripped off, it's going to be revealed he's a Terminator. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like because that he is one gutty player. And uh, Isaiah Spiller, 112 rushing yards on 21 carries. He was outstanding. But uh, the story of the day, Shane, has got to be this Aggie defense just completely, completely corralling the Auburn Tigers, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. You made Bo Nix look like a – well, I mean, you made him look like Bo Nix. That's the problem <laughs> is, is he's he is so up and down, man. There's one week he looks like a Heisman candidate, and the next you're like, just get rid of him, you know? Bench him. Get him in the portal. Do something, you know? And – and uh, and you do that by it seems like loud crowds, is, you know, trigger something. I think about that Auburn Florida game a couple years ago. You know, that was a violent crowd, and Bo was all over the place. Here we thought, man, Bo's going to be the guy. He's going to come out. No, no. As soon as he he, but then sometimes he shines. It's just it, it really is. It's hit or miss. It's like being. Like my ex girlfriend, you know, by you know, kind of just you don't know who's gonna show up, but but anyway, man, I, I think that was the key right there was the defense. These guys came in with a fantastic plan. Elko and the boys, I mean, they knew they had they had Bo Nix pinned, and that's exactly what happened here. Able to get three points. This was uh this was it wasn't a fun game to watch, man. Whenever you got a quarterback that averages three point seven yards a pass, you know <laughs> it's going to be a rough, rough weekend, and that's exactly what it is. So are you discouraged, Mike? Are you discouraged if you're an Auburn fan? I mean, you had a lot of momentum after that old miss win. How how what where do you go from here? What do you what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be discouraged because you, you know, you, you felt almost like a team of destiny there for a minute. I don't, mm -hmm. I didn't see a single Auburn fan picking the Tigers to lose this one, and and of course, you know, fans always believe in their team. But I would have thought there'd yeah. be a little bit more skepticism going up to Kyle Field, a place that Auburn has 
in fairness, won every time they played there. But this was they were expecting a win, Shane. And I know yeah. the score was never lopsided. I mean, it was 6-3, 9-3. I mean, it, it, it was like a baseball game there for a while. But at no point did it really feel like Auburn was ever in control in this one. It just felt like right. – they were just getting dominated by the Aggies and that incredible defense. And I think they set the tone and, and that's pretty much all it was. And it's pretty bad in in the post game. You're getting asked if you, you know, thought about bringing in TJ Finley to, to provide a spark. Cause he's done that before. <laughs> but again, this is a week after you outdueled Matt Corral, who may be the best quarterback yeah. in the country. So we we have got to get good Bo back here because that's the only way that Auburn stands a chance. And, and maybe if nothing else, it just shows that this Auburn team without Bo Nix being productive, just they just don't have the pieces outside of an outstanding trio of running backs. They just don't have mm-hmm. the offensive line. They just don't have the receivers to compete against such an elite defense with the, unless their quarterback carries them like he did against LSU. Absolutely, man. This, just when I'm starting to believe, you know, just when I'm like, okay, man, they are controlling control their own destiny. They went out, they beat Bama. Bama's not that, I mean, Bama, we're going to get to them here in a minute that they, they can be beat. And maybe this is the year that Auburn does it. And that's what I kept saying to myself. It felt like it was a, uh, remember a few years back when they, they beat Alabama, and then they went to an SEC championship. Nobody was expecting them to be in the SEC championship. You know what I'm saying? It felt like that was kind of a, a, a mirror to this year, mm-hmm. you know. Just win out. Keep They keep finding ways to win. Who cares? Sometimes it's tanks. Sometimes it's bow. But somebody – maybe it's the defense. Somebody always steps up to win the game. And just unfortunately, no one did in this one. Yeah, and if I'm an Aggie fan, Shane, it was the second year in a row, Jimbo's team – looks to be getting better and better mm-hmm. as the season comes. You just hope that it not like last year where you're on the outside looking in. You do need Alabama to lose. That would have really capped your weekend if you're an Aggie, if uh, LSU would have found a way. We'll get to that game in a moment. Oh, but yeah. that would have catapulted A&M to number one in the West. But certainly looks like that is a possibility as long as uh, we got a big game here next weekend too, Shane. Texas A&M at Ole Miss College Game Day is going to be there, mm-hmm. but uh, that should be one hell of a showdown. Wait, is there like UTEP or somebody they can go cover, Mike? <laughs> huh? Is there like a – I think they're another six-loss team they can see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, game day so dumb sometimes. But, hey, I want to ask you, Mike, real quick before we move on. Texas A&M, take, take the record off, right? Mm-hmm. Just if you are power ranking the programs in the country, where do they fit? If you could, if you were trying to, and I'm trying to get to the college football playoffs here, four teams, are they in or out? Not forget the record, just pure talent, what they've been able to show at this moment, the way they're playing football. Are they a top four team? I would say no, but that is just only because we we just don't know what we're getting from Zach Calzada. You know what I mean? And okay. and he's gutting yeah. it out. I'm not saying he's bad or anything like that, but if he plays like he did against Alabama, yes. I would firmly put them in that top four, but he's mm-hmm. he's had a lot of you know damn performances too. I think back to Mississippi State, this game right here. Uh, you know, I know he's hurt, he's banged up. He needs to get a little bit better, and that, that certainly seems to be coming with experience. But uh, until we know what we're getting from the quarterback position, I think I I would have him just on the outside looking in, maybe the top six, something like that. Okay. Okay. 
Well, and, and, and one one last question, Mike, because it's all over my feed right now. You're an insider. Is is Jimbo leaving Texas A and M? Is he going to LSU? Is this even a possibility? You know what I think this is, Shane? What's that? I think this is a segue. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. No, not at all. I think this is uh, LSU wanting that to be known uh-huh. to take attention off their real target, who is everything I keep hearing is Mel Tucker, the Mississippi, the Michigan State coach, former okay. Georgia, former Alabama assistant. So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think that's what it is because last time I checked, Shane. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I, I, I assume you did. Five-star Walter Nolan defensive lineman yep. commit to the Aggies. According to one service, I think it's on three sports, the Aggies have the number one recruiting class in the country right now. They've got a five-star quarterback committed, Connor Weigman. I like where I'm at if I'm Jimbo. I'll, I'll just say it that <laughs> way, you know? The grass ain't greener. I, I think I, I'm with you. That's why I keep hearing I'm like, this is this can't be right. Why would I just – it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You can win national championships at Texas A&M, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're doing it. They're getting there. They're getting the talent in. They're just they're they're messing up on a few games each year, but it, it, one of these days they're going to catch them all right. Jimbo, you mentioned the sliding part. I guess is that just instinctual, or is there a way you can coach them into doing oh, that? We coach them to do it, and we do it and talk about it. And I think just instincts took over. I think the competitive nature took over. You know what I'm saying? Because we'd had a couple penalties right there, wanted a touchdown. That was the last guy on the draw before we come out. And I think his instincts just took over. And I'd rather his instincts not because right now our, our situation there, he just got to get down. But you respect him for what he did and how he did it. But at the same time, you got to be got to be smart there. But that's just we, – we talk about it. And he knew it when he came over. Yeah, Coach, what was kind of the, uh, the initial prognosis and, and how um, surprised or not surprised were you that Zach was able to come back in and play? Well, well as they said he popped it. I mean, sometimes your shoulders, I've had them, you pop out, pop them out or get a little sprain right there. And they, but if your strength is still, they test, you can, you can test it. You wouldn't have put him in if there wasn't no strength and anything in it to be able to function. And he still had all of his strength, and sometimes it happens like that. And so he was good. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, just when you were in the tent, how much pain did he appear to be in? A little bit. Well, it was more on the field when they popped it back in, I think. <laughs> when they popped it back in. Uh, but that you know, hey, that, listen, that's ball, man. I don't mean that in any disrespect. I meant in pure respect. That's football. This game is a physical, tough game. When that leader's tough, the rest of them play tough too. And, uh, but you know, I, 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 here's what gets me: you can do that and get a delayed game. You can do that and get a delayed game. But you can call a snap count and it ain't a problem. It ain't a penalty. Ain't that amazing? <laughs> when you're down there on the goal line, when they're calling your snap count. I mean, I'm sick and tired of it, man. You're gonna call all that garbage and then not do that, and why can't hear it? You couldn't hear the slap or anything else. And then we told him in the first half it was going on. Well, so anybody wants to uh, – trust me, I'm going to call him tomorrow. Second we're going to have a conversation. I'm sick and tired of it. Second row, Olin, and then Kirk on the right. That's big right there on the five and then do it twice and have it done and was told in the first half it didn't and have those penalties. That's ridiculous. But you call it for Alabama third and eight when they're driving to win it. All right, Olin. Uh, so, Jimbo, were you frustrated at uh, <laughs> the penalties on? No, I was frustrated there. It's just that I was told. That's not, and penalties, and we, we still don't can't listen to them. But it's just I'm sick of it. I thought it was supposed to be fair. I was just uh, being facetious. But what I wanted to ask you about is. Well, you, uh, I wasn't in the mood to be facetious. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brian, you touched on this a little bit, but the fine margins, is that something you can talk to your team about? For instance, the missed field goal, the scoop and score. A long pass by them that led to a field goal. That's just three plays that you know might have changed the way this game looked in the fourth quarter. I think it's always that. It's always those four to six plays 
um, that happen in a game that, that change the momentum of the game and ones that you don't know when they're going to happen, you just got to be ready for them. And so that's why, you know, everybody talks about four quarters of football. You just never know when those things are going to happen throughout a game. So you want to play consistent. You want to play good football. And, you know, we didn't have enough explosive plays. They had a few. Uh, they were able to create the momentum. Um, you know, the big one is, is when we fumble the ball and they're able to score on defense. That's a big play. You know, that's a momentum changer right there, and you got to be able to recover from that. And what has to happen is when, when things go against you, you've got you to find a way to recover. You've got to come back, and it's on to the next series. That play is over. We're on to the next drive. We've got to execute there. We've got to get ourselves back into the game, and we weren't able to do that. We weren't consistent enough from that standpoint to overcome some of those plays tonight um, that, that were negative plays for us. And if you're going to win games uh, each and every week, especially in this league, you've got to be able to overcome those plays. Things are going to happen. There'll be negative plays, but you've got to be able to respond and come back and create your own positive plays, move the ball, and respond to what happened. Um, you know, we didn't do that tonight. Coach, you mentioned not being able to find that spark offensively uh, tonight. Was there a point during, how do you assess quarterback play? And was there a point tonight where you just considered going to TJ Finley for that spark like you did against Georgia State? Well, yeah, uh, as far as the momentum goes, felt like Bo, you could get us back in the game, you know, that we could get that spark. I mean, that's, that's something that he's shown and we've done throughout the season. Uh, we, just, we just didn't get it. We had some penalties. We had some things that, um, you know, we didn't help ourselves with. We had a couple drops in some critical situations. About the time you're trying to get some momentum, you're moving the ball, you're kind of getting ready to get past the 50-yard line and, and create some plays, um, hopefully on that side of the field, that can get us you know, into scoring position. And we just weren't able to do that. Well, speaking of that, Shane, perfect segue, the Georgia Bulldogs, because <laughs> this may be that year for them. They go beat, beat Missouri at home 43-6. to six. In a game where Missouri jumped out to a lead chain, I was like, uh-oh, is this the week <laughs> yeah. we're finally going to get Georgia to look human, look like, you know, we've seen so many teams go up and down this college football season. I thought maybe they were going to sleepwalk through a Missouri team, not even having their starting quarterback. Nope. 19-point <laughs> second quarter, 14-point third quarter, and this thing was uh, over long, long before the game ended. 500 five yards of total offense and I got to issue apology Shane because now that we of course I go back we I'll probably change my mind by next week but now that I've seen JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett play both in the same uh -huh. game I think Kirby got it right I think Stetson Bennett <laughs> and it just comes down to the fact that Shane Georgia's defense is so damn good and you know we keep teasing it we'll get to Alabama here in a second but they're playing so average do we really got confidence that Alabama or anybody is going to score you know 20 28 points on Georgia because I don't so why in the hell would we blow this thing up I mean I if JT Daniels is 100% healthy I probably mm -hmm. would play him but he he looked either banged up or, or rusty or something I don't know he just didn't look that good I didn't think against Missouri He's, he didn't look terrible but uh Stetson, yeah. Stetson back there was, was was dropping dimes and uh, the, the offense seems to have really just found its footing with Stetson at quarterback. Of course, he can run around. JT Daniels can't, so that gives you a little something there. But I don't know. I just don't think Georgia's going to get tested. 
based on what we've seen. Well, it's 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 funny you say that because that's when if you've listened to this podcast, obviously you have. I have been screaming at the top of my lungs to get Mr. Daniels in here, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they did, Mike. Did he look good? Eh, he looked all right, you know. He looked as good as I was hoping he'd just come out there and seize the day, but obviously that didn't happen. But it's been a while since he's been out there, so right. a, a rusty game is to be expected. Now the mailman, on the other hand, you know, like you said, that that there was a, there was a moment in this game I was like, wait, what's what's going on here? You know, I'm trying to wait. Why are they not able to run against Missouri? That's one of the things I couldn't get my head around. And then that fourth dar, uh, that fourth down dime, you know, he throws back at <laughs> the end. So I'm like, who the hell threw that? You know, I thought Daniel <laughs> snuck in there, but man, you're right, man. I I, I think. I think Kirby's he knows what he's doing. All right. I'm gonna go easy on him now. But what I did like, Mike, was the aggressive play calling. They didn't just rely on this offensive line. They didn't just re- rely on these running backs and the defense and the boring old they took chances in this game, Mike. They put forty three points on the board. That's what exactly what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to score in these games, some of these games you got coming up, and it feels like they're still working on that. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an ideal start for for the Bulldogs, but once they got going, there was no slowing this machine down. Yeah, and we say it wasn't ideal, and I don't think it was. But Shay, you know, first possession they punted. Missouri actually took the lead three zero, and then Georgia mm-hmm. went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 and we're sitting here saying, "Well, it was a slow start." <laughs> <laughs> But that's how damn good George is. You know, like, yeah, like we thought yeah. we were like third, 40 point favorites. This is going to be a, a 60 to three type ball game. And they win it 43 to six, which is basically anything and everything you can want in an SEC conference game as bad as Missouri is. I didn't understand what Drinkowitz was doing with his quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Mac- yeah. Macon came out and got the start. He looked solid. And then they put in. Brady Cook in the third series, and that's always a series where if a coach is going to get the other guy in, it's always the third one. But mm-hmm. Macon was doing well. I, I, I just I didn't like that, and certainly that yeah. didn't cost them the game against Georgia Bulldogs. But <laughs> no. uh, I don't know. I would have given it to him. Maybe maybe I would just let him ride with it until uh, you know they got stopped well, again. Could, you know, and he could run. You know, I don't know. It just mm-hmm. seems like they they just gave up on that. There was some momentum on that side. Don't get me wrong, Mizzou came out to play, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense and offense, they they did. I know we looked at the stats, and Georgia, of course, got some points, but it, it was the best start of a game that I, I is more than I would expect going into this thing. So I, I was impressed there. But I will say, Mike, Georgia looks fantastic, and 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 every year, you know, there's a lot of years Georgia looks fantastic, and and as an outsider, you're always like, okay, yeah, but. When do they screw up? It's usually not a game like this, but there's usually a game that pops up or two games during the season that that they were supposed to win and they ended up dropping. We keep waiting for that moment. So I'm watching the first of this drive, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's Mizzou. But then you're like, nah, it's not going to be Mizzou. Because then they just opened up the floodgates. So that's what I like is the fact that we're getting consistent results. We're not getting those close games. And if they keep playing that way, they expect to win that way every single week. So – I don't know, Mike. It's it's tough for me to say anybody's even close to Georgia right now because that's how good they look. Yeah, just the way college football's going, man. Everybody 
has their moments, except for the Georgia Bulldogs. They look like the team of destiny at this point. That's right. That's me setting up a trap game. All right. <laughs> Kirby, uh, a lot of receivers got targets and had big plays. Does it, even with Dom and George not back yet, Justin, does it feel like receivers are kind of rounded into form at this point in the season? Yeah, I thought this game was the closest. I thought, you know, Arian had a, a full week. We met on Monday, said you're getting your full quota. You got to go. You got to get your reps to be able to play. Jermaine. Hey, you're getting your full reps. Coming off Florida, they were both – I felt like they were both healthy Florida, but they weren't healthy the week of practice. And I feel like they were both healthy this week of practice, which helped us from a depth standpoint to be able to rep. You know, Lad got to share reps, so he didn't have to take the burden. Uh, J.J. Kieris, uh, A.D. And, you know, when we when we were fully healthy at receiver, excluding George and Dom, we have a we have a good unit, you know, with George and Dom. Then that's what we thought going, you know, into the season it would be special. But uh, we're working to try to get those guys back. And I thought the perimeter this week, I was so much. Oh, that that, that touchdown by Jermaine Burton, you know, nobody talks about it. Kiaris goes out and throws a great block, and so did AD to get Jermaine untouched into the end zone. That that to me is the ultimate sign of selflessness at receiver. Kirby, obviously. You haven't seen the tape, but going back and seeing what you know, and seeing what you saw today from JT, what were your initial impressions of his return to the field? Uh, I know he did a nice job. Why he wasn't in the game? He was over by me, calling out the defenses, the checks, going through them like he was playing the game, and uh, to hear him call out the coverages and and the checks and know exactly what he's planning on going to, uh, it was really good. It gives you it gives you a lot of confidence in him when he's over there making those and talking to Stetson when he comes off the field. Thought he had really good command of the offense when he went in. He's got great poise in the pocket. Uh, did a tremendous job. Got a little unfortunate on the the tip ball, you know. A little off on Jermaine and then hit Jermaine in the hands and then it bounced off and ricocheted uh, to end up being a pick. Hey, Kirby, earlier in your press conference, you used the word subpar to describe, you know, how the team played today. And yet, you guys still come out with a 37-point win. What does that say about where this team is to where – it, it's certainly not your best day, but you're still able to get a very quality win over an SEC East opponent. Um, I don't know what it says. It says that uh, the players on our team certainly felt that way because it was addressed in the locker room after the game, and uh, some of those guys stood up and didn't feel like it was our best effort, and uh, it was a little lackadaisical at times, but some of that was more defensive than offensive, in my opinion. Uh, we, we didn't run the ball the way we wanted to, but we were explosive. Eli, the, the quarterback plan, was it to kind of a scripted rotation throughout? Would, would you go with the hot hand if you felt like somebody was coming off with a good drive? Or how how'd you go about that? Yeah. Excuse me. I mean, we told them both they were going to play, and I thought Mako uh, had, you know, the first couple drives, and Brady had a couple of drives, and just trying to see if, if one of them could really spark us and sustain it. Um, you know, both of them did some good things. Hey, Coach, curious, you know, what was the message to your team in the locker room after this game? Yeah, basically the same thing I told y'all. I was proud of their effort, but uh, we got to play cleaner. We got a three-game season left, uh, and our backs are against the wall. We need everybody uh, pushing in the same direction to try to get this thing to a bowl game, and, and uh, that's what our total focus is, and uh, that's what everybody's got to do. They got to flush this one, and we got to show up tomorrow ready to go to work and, and uh, do everything we can to, to get ready for South Carolina. Well, speaking of looking average, and I say average, but maybe it's just average for their dominance here, but Alabama, LSU, 
Hell, I almost, uh, you know, I was completely joking when I said Coach O getting carried off the field in his final one here, but <laughs> that damn near happened. LSU had the ball <laughs> twice uh, in the fourth quarter here to win the game. Couldn't get it done. Alabama wins 20-14, to 14, but, man, I do not know. And, again, Alabama, it's not like they're piss poor out here, but they just, they're making mm-hmm. mistakes. They're turning the ball over at critical times. They can't handle a 4-3 defense. And, you know, if not for – there was a critical play in this one, Shane. LSU had the lead first half, 7-0. I believe there was four minutes left in the first half. Mm-hmm. Alabama scores, which you know they finally would. And then LSU had an opportunity to you know, try to score, run out the clock, whatever you want to do, get to half, 7-7. You'd feel great about your chances. Max Johnson throws an interception, really good play by, uh, I believe it was Christian Harris from Alabama. And the Crimson Tide score right there to get it 14 to seven, and they scored on the back end in the third quarter. That's all the scoring they had. They, they basically bunched it up and they did nothing the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough to say, Shane, but Alabama's starting center was out, and without him, it's like the offense don't work. I mean, Bryce Young had himself a day because <laughs> he's so talented, but we had six right. six rushing yards, Shane, to yeah. LSU's 109. I mean. You rush six yards in an SEC football game with five stars across the board. What, what in the hell's going on down there? And, and if I'm, I'm Auburn and I'm Georgia and or whoever the hell Alabama's going to face next, I'm studying this game plan. I'm, I'm just doing what LSU did here. And and I think mm-hmm. uh, you know LSU did go all out, man. They played balls to the wall here. They went for fourth <laughs> down seven times, converted five of them. I really think this is the best coaching that Coach O and his coordinators have done all season. Let's give uh, Duranta Jones, the defensive coordinator, a ton of credit. He he really did wonders on this Alabama offense. And this was after Coach O kind of called out his assistance this week. But mm-hmm. they certainly responded. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to pile on Max Johnson. I know LSU fans are upset with him because he missed some throws, including potentially a game winner here. But he was getting battered left and right. But – you know, had he made a couple throws, I think this is different. And let's give credit, Shane. LSU went into Tuscaloosa. They went in to win, and they played like it. Whereas mm-hmm. Alabama, I don't know, it almost felt like they were playing not to lose the game, and, and it showed to me. Yeah. No, that's felt felt like safe play, you know. And, and like you said, here we are at the end of the game with not one but two opportunities in the red zone to get some points on the board, and you just weren't able to do it. And I get it. I get it. That part's frustrating as just any fan, watching your team get so close to knocking off the number two ranked Alabama. I mean, I can only imagine. I was Hell, I was I was on cloud nine just because we went up in the third quarter against these boys. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's that type of moral victory. But I will tell you, a lot of young – a lot of youth on LSU's ball club. Yeah. And there was a lot of – there was a lot of players – that shined in this game. And I think if I'm a fan, I'm liking the future, man. And, and nothing against Coach O. That, it was a fun run, right? But I'm ready for the next chapter. I'm ready for the next guy to take us back to that national – to take us back to where we're always competing with Alabama like this, where we're always competing with the top five teams in the country. and Because that's what LSU football is all about. So – 
you know, yes, does it suck that you lost this game? Absolutely. But I'm, I think I'm holding my head pretty damn high because there's some there's some ingredients in the cupboard, man, to make a pretty nice recipe. We just need a good coach to get us there. So it sounds like you're saying, Shane, Dan Mullen to LSU? no 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 no. and i don't know i mean mel tucker i guess that would make sense you know he's the sexy hire right now even though didn't they lose didn't they just lose to purdue they did they did and maybe maybe because he's already got his mind on baton rouge you know (laughs) (laughs) and there was a interesting report i have i've not heard this but uh the guy john talty i believe is his name al Mm-hmm. Uh, inside, he was on Paul Feinbaum, Shane. Yeah, this will piss you off probably, but he says the Notre Dame coach, Kelly, <laughs> That that's the name he's hearing. So, No, bring him over, man. <laughs> bring him on down. <laughs> I'm not afraid of him, you know. <laughs> I know what we got with him. So, uh, uh, no, I'm not worried about that. Is there any other names floating around? Uh, you know, of course, you got Kiffin. You, you said Jimbo. Yeah. I mean, I am hearing a lot of people say that, but, I again, I think that's just – I think that's LSU wanting that out there. To be honest with you, you know, I I, yeah. I think I think they want people to think it's Jimbo, so that uh, it kind of it's like a smokescreen for who they really want. Mm-hmm. And I continue to hear Mel Tucker, so I think that'll be one of the top candidates. Okay. Hell, we just had Trey Wallace on the show. He thinks James Franklin. That certainly, you know, I know we're not too big fans of, of James Franklin, but he did <laughs> he did a hell of a job at Vanderbilt, and and he's keeping Penn state relevant. So that certainly would be a big name. Uh, But yeah, at this time they, they keeping that thing pretty close to the vest. Well, Mike, on the other side, if you listen really closely, you could probably hear Nick Saban yelling down there because six (laughs) yards rushing, that may be the death of that man. (laughs) Them guys haven't left film since the game. (laughs) Uh, Coach, you talked about this a little bit in your opening statement, but what kind of fight did you see out of the defense, especially late in the second half there? What kind of what? Fight? Oh, it was, that's what I was talking about, the competitive character they showed, the way they played, the stops they got, the fourth and eight, you know, where we thought we had a turnover, we didn't get a turnover, we had to go back out on the field. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the game when they got the ball back with a minute to go to, you know, play things the way we needed to play them so they couldn't, you know, get a score. Um, so, you know, we had two bad snaps today on one on field goal, one on extra point. I mean, there's lots of places on the team where, you know, we just we, – we weren't quite up to snuff. But defensively, uh, the way they competed in the game, the way they played in the game, uh, I think was really, really good. The one drive where they converted two fourth downs, where they scored, got the 14 points, you know, that, that was probably not our best. But the rest of the game I thought was really pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you see you had six rushing yards on 26 attempts tonight, what, what – what goes to your mind? Um, well, you know, first of all, we lost about 20 yards on the last drive, so we might have had a few more than that. But I've already spoken to the point that we weren't able to run the ball. Uh, we didn't block them effectively up front. Um, whether it's the strategic plan or the execution of the plan, and most of the time it is the execution, but we're responsible for that too. So. Um, we need to do a better job of being able to block up front. Uh, I did think Damian George did a pretty good job in the game when he had to play right tackle when we moved Chris to center when Dalcourt went out. Um, so that was a real positive. It was a positive to get him to play. He's making good progress. And 
um, I thought he played pretty well in the game. Coach, um, the decision with about seven minutes left when you were down by six to go for it on fourth and goal from seven instead of kick. Can you talk about that a little bit? We're going for it. We walked in the stadium, we're going for it. There was no question. We're going for the win the whole time. What self-scouting was, and you were very honest about the predictability. You you went against that tonight with defensive blitzes and pressures. Uh, you know, I don't I didn't see a ton different on offense, but you may have been limited, and I don't know about that. But did did you feel like obviously you have nothing to lose? But did you feel like we've got nothing to lose? Let's go out fighting as best we can. Well, you know, I don't like that statement nothing to lose because there's a game to lose, and that's important to us. You know what I mean? But. We felt that we had to blitz. We felt that we had to be more diverse on defense, and we worked our tails off last week. And uh, I got to give uh, Coach Call uh, credit. Uh, he's he's a he's a an analyst for us. He came up with those third down blitzes. There's a couple of third down blitzes. That the one that we had the sack fumble. You know, he recommended to it. We put him in. I got to give the compliment to the defense. We had adjustment period. I thought I thought our defensive guys. Really, really got better during open day. Oh, and I mean, just you know, you're kind of running out of the stadium with your arms raised, but you know, what's <laughs> kind of going fun. through your mind there at the end of the game? <laughs> what was that? Just what was kind of going through your mind there as the ball dropped at the end of the game? We're not, we're not going to let this crowd intimidate us. It wasn't going to happen. We, we, we were coming in this house to win the game, so, and so was I. So I was having fun with it. Part of college football. All right, Shane, but moving on, we had, man, we had a hell of a game here in Fayetteville where the Arkansas Razorbacks beat Mississippi State 31-28 to in a back-and-forth game, Shane. Arkansas jumped on them early. I believe it was 10-0. It was looking like the Razorbacks were going to dominate. Will Rogers mm -hmm. had, had kind of come down to earth after his incredible performance against Kentucky. And then all of a sudden – Man, did he turn red hot again. He finished with 417 yards, four touchdowns, <laughs> and he did have the interception. But Mississippi State almost stole one here, but it was uh, K.J. Jefferson again, 19-23. My goodness, 191 yards passing. And Dominique Johnson, Shane, the guy we've been – everyone's been calling for down there to run the ball more, 107 mm -hmm. yards, two touchdowns, looking like a young Jerome Bettis and Traylon Burks. Sam Pittman said we got to get him more involved. Six catches, yep. 82 yards, and a touchdown. He also had three rushes for 39 yards. But this was similar, Shane, to the to Tennessee, Kentucky, but it was a lot better defense uh, because, I mean, we had the Razorback linebackers were playing tough. We had Mississippi State getting after Arkansas. This was back and forth and back and forth. And – Mississippi State, unfortunately, Shane, missed every field goal they tried in this game. Mike Leach after the game saying, open tryout for kickers because uh, <laughs> he tried a, he tried a different one there after missing a, a couple with a game on the line. They shanked it, not even close, and that was the difference in the ball game. But, again, this is one Arkansas desperately, desperately needed to get their season right. This is like a season-saving win. I know Mississippi State fans pretty pissed off. I, I think they have, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, reason to be upset. The, the final call there on Traylon Burks, I thought that was a bad call. Kept the game alive for Arkansas. But you still had chances if you're Mississippi State. You had an opportunity to stop the touchdown. You had an opportunity to stop the two-point. You had an opportunity to kick that field goal and tie the game. Mm -hmm. And you didn't get it done. So, I, I just – I don't think you can put it all on the refs. 
But, uh, man, this this was one hell of a game. This is kind of what I expect every time Arkansas and Mississippi State battle. You just never know who's going to win, and, and it's going to come down to the wire. Hell, yeah, man. And I think that's the thing with Mississippi State. It felt like they used up all their good luck against Kentucky because <laughs> it was going the opposite direction against Arkansas. Every little mistake that they made just seemed like Arkansas was there to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what it was, man. It You knew what the recipe needed to be for Arkansas. You get your boys involved. It, it was good seeing Burks get involved. It was good seeing Johnson get involved. Uh, the only thing that looked better was uh, was those uniforms and uh, <laughs> Coach Pittman, man, I love the little the little hoodie slash you know sweater things they got going on down there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I bet I bet Arkansas bought a shit ton of those this weekend because it was a good game. It was it was back and forth. If you wanted entertainment, Mike, this was the game to watch because similar to like the Tennessee Kentucky game, it's just it almost felt like okay, who's going to hold the ball last on this thing? Yeah, and you know one thing. Coming out of this game, that kind of pissed me off, Shane. Mississippi State, they're probably going to take a hit. They may even drop out of the rankings. I hate when that happens because when I watch a game like this, this tells me mm-hmm. these, these teams are basically even, and the game's in Fayetteville. Yeah. I think you you elevate Arkansas to the, to the ranked, and you leave Mississippi State in there because – I don't know. It just it's asinine to me. This is this is the SEC, man. This is battling back and forth. Two good teams just because one had to go down. And again, had they made all their field goals, they win this game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not like they they lost like we just saw Florida Gators. I mean, this was a back and forth. Could have easily been won by Mississippi State. Um, so I, I think they both got my respect after this one. Absolutely, man. I think that's a good. You know, that is a great point, Mike. And and I hate the polls sometimes. Don't get me started on Cincinnati and their <laughs> their tight game against Tulsa. But, you know, you look at teams like that and you're like, why are they there? Like, do you literally think if uh, North Carolina – oh, here's a prime example, North Carolina State, Mike. What happens if North Carolina State, Mississippi State meet, Mike? Do you know what happens? Mississippi State won a – <laughs> kicks their ass, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. we're going to keep them in the top 20 because they beat Florida State that hasn't beat anybody? Come on, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you on the polls. That is a great point. I wish we could just re- – I wish we could just throw it out, man. I wish the SEC just – we'll just do our own thing and then we'll send two teams to the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> KJ was 19 to 23, 191 yards and a touchdown. Also had a big run down there towards the end of the game. What did you think about his play? I love him. I mean, he was so poised, you know, in that two-minute drive. I think one time – I think once you do it once or something, you know, you become more confident. And we had a really – I'm not saying I knew we were going to go down and score because that's that's a lie. But I felt confident that we – you know, if we got the first first down in that drive, which we did fast, I felt like we could um, score. And then – my biggest concern at that time is when to call a timeout and when not to, because, you know, we went through the same thing against Missouri last year and I was trying to leave it as, you know, be smart, but leave it as few seconds. But the kids, you know, KJ, he just, I mean, he really has gotten better. I mean, he's poised. I mean, he's a heck of a quarterback. So I'm glad you brought him up, but going 19 for 23 and no interceptions, uh, he played a heck of a football game. 
guess you can never feel comfortable until there's zeros on the clock. I mean, 21 seconds and they drive down there and, and have a chance to tie it. Oh, I knew they was going to miss it. <laughs> oh, shoot. You know, I hate it for the kids, you know, and all that. But Sam, you stressed on Monday, you know, got to get the ball to Dominic Johnson. You, you did that. And he was really big on that last drive, you know, at the start and obviously scoring the touchdown, a two-pointer. Just what did you think of his performance and the way you guys got him more involved? I think it was awesome. You know, he's he's – He's done that all year. We just haven't been giving him the carries, to be honest. Well, he's done what he did tonight he, every time he's out there. And you know, I'm looking here, he had 17 carries for 107 yards and, and, and a couple of touchdowns. He's better as you – he's good at the, he's good everywhere, but he's better as you wear him down. And you saw at the end, he, you know, the line – I mean, he didn't have to break any tackles, you know, on that four-yard run or five there at the end and then – I think he just walked in on the two-point conversion. The line got better as the, uh, as the game went on as well. I thought they played another really fine game. Uh, but it's good to see Dominique do what he did, especially with more opportunities. And obviously, we started. In a lot of fighting the football game uh, for you guys. But late, late in that ball game, it seemed like the field goals were a bit of an issue for you guys all night. What are you seeing or hearing or, or thinking about special teams right now? Well, I, I think that uh, yeah, there's an open tryout. And you can announce this. There's an open tryout on our campus uh, for kickers. You know, anybody that wants to uh, wants to kick or or, or uh, walk on and kick at uh, Mississippi State, um, you know, we'll hold a tryout anytime you can get over there to our building to, uh, providing you're cleared by the NC2A. Mike, early on, I think Will started 0-4 and the offense was struggling those first couple drives. What do you think uh, him and the rest of the offense kind of did to turn it around there uh, after, after the game got going? Uh, we weren't in sync that first half. We squandered too many plays the first half. That's our, the biggest negative to this game. We, we got back on track, but... We squandered too many plays and opportunities the first half on all sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, uh, we allowed this thing to be closer than we had to, and, and, and we lost. All right, final game to recap here, Shane. Ole Miss defends home field, beats Liberty, mm. and you were dead right about it. Hugh Freeze <laughs> and his team, 27-14. to 14. Malik Willis, NFL draft pick, three interceptions, no touchdowns. What? You know, it looked like he was trying hard too, Shane. I'll give him credit. He was. He was, he was trying he was. real hard. But Matt Corral, 324 passing yards, a touchdown. Ole Miss ran for 172. And the defense, Shane, again, made what some people are calling the top NFL quarterback draft prospect look like, uh, you know, what probably be the worst quarterback in the SEC because uh, Lane Train and company get it done. This thing was not as close as the final score Liberty had to kind of come on here late to make it a little interesting. Mm -hmm. I know you were sweating, yeah. sweating that spread because you had money <laughs> on this one. But, uh, I mean, at no point did this feel like Ole Miss was going to lose this game. No. I, I was just thinking as I was watching this one, I said the irony of Hugh Freeze backdoored me here. <laughs> <laughs> God, no, I was a little nervous. Of course, nine-point spread, you know, but uh, they turned out to do all right. I, I and I don't want to, I don't want to bash Malik because, yeah, he didn't have his his greatest game, but I mean, the kid looks 
ten times better than he did when he was in Auburn, Mike. The kids, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a gift, and I, and I'm glad that he's able to use it up there. Uh, you know, sometimes you you see these transfer portals, and you never see the kids again. You know, this this kid got another opportunity, and he's making the most of it. And I still think there's a chance that he makes it to the the NFL for sure, Mike. So. Uh, but anyway, it was it was a good game. Ole Miss did what Ole Miss does, and that was just dominate on offense. I, I, I was surprised, though, just how well this defense played. Um, mm-hmm. The scoreboard doesn't really show you that, but this, this was a tenacious defense, Mike. Well, I think that's the thing, Shane. When you get taught, you know, you, you got to hear all week how this incoming quarterback is so great, but he doesn't mm-hmm. face these SEC defenses. And you know, maybe if he faced three or four of them, maybe he would have two or three good games. But it ain't going to happen every time, brother. And that's why, you know, these players that get it done in the SEC are so special because they're going against these teams and these defenses week in, week out. You give an SEC team a week to prepare for you. This is what's going to happen to you. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, Malik Willis looked like a solid player, but it just – not uh, elite level compared to Matt Corral. You know, I mean that that was the difference right. in the ball game right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you weren't like too excited, but you're you're seven and two. But at the same time, with all the injuries y'all have on offense, Matt still threw for over three hundred yards. You established a lot on the ground game. Maybe in the second half, you didn't score as many points as you wanted to, but still offensively put up some numbers and yards. What does it kind of say about these guys when you have all these injuries and you're still able to put up numbers like you did? Well, it says we have a very elite quarterback, you know, that is, did not practice the entire week, you know, um, until yesterday did a few things. So, you know, that that's not easy to do and still be accurate like he was with the ball. Um, you know, and like I talked to him late in the week, there's a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't play, especially nowadays, you know, with everybody in their ear saying you're already a first-round pick. Don't get injured worse. Don't you don't need to play in this game, and that's kind of the age we're in. Most of the kids don't play nowadays, so the fact that that he didn't even question that he's I'm I'm not letting this team down. I'm playing no matter what. Says a lot about him. All right, Shay. Last thing here, we got uh, some games here next weekend. A bunch in the SEC. Got some point spreads <laughs> to break down. And uh, I, I won't make you do all these, Shane, but uh, how, okay. how about this one? I'll just throw it at you real quick. I've never seen a line like this. New Mexico State at Alabama, Shane. Crimson Tide favored by – or just give a guess, a guess on this one. Uh, Crimson Tide, I'm going to say 31. 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old Lobos. Now that's a uh, what's his name's over there, right? Uh, Kentucky dude, Terry Wilson. Terry, yeah, oh Terry, turnover. Terry's gonna be over there, right? Yeah, give him fifty points. Let's see what he can do. <laughs> then, Golly, that's a lot of points, man. All right, Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Kentucky's favored by nineteen points. Mm, okay. South okay. Carolina at Missouri. This one either could go either way. Missouri favored by three points. Okay. Now here's the four marquee games of the weekend, Shane. I want you to guess on these. Arkansas. That, that's a big game, man. That that Missouri. I know we just oh, kind of yeah, went for, over it. I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge it's, game. It's basically bowl, a, a bowl game, I yeah, think, for either it. one. Absolutely. How about this though, Shane? Arkansas at LSU. What's your projected uh, opening line there? Uh, at LSU, uh, give me Arkansas three minus three. Boom, nailed it. Yeah. 
And check this out, Shane. Two years ago, I know LSU was a different team. LSU was favored by 45 and a half points over the Arkansas Razorbacks just two years ago. <laughs> Let's, you know, credit Sam Pittman Come and company on, Sam. For, for turning that thing around. Get him. He needs more awards, Mike. He needs more recognition. Man's killing it. And he's losing weight. How that? He's the perfect <laughs> coach. <laughs> Mississippi State at Auburn. What do you got for that one? Mississippi State at Auburn. Uh, ooh, man, that's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, give me Auburn minus two and a half. Auburn minus four. You were close. Oh, okay. All right, all right. College game day. Texas A&M at Ole Miss. ESPN College Game Day will be there. Who you got for the line? Uh, give me A&M minus six. A&M minus one. Ooh. Barn okay. burner. All right. That is going to be a great game. Last, oh, my God, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> last but not least, I saved this one for you, Shane. Georgia uh-huh. at Tennessee. What do you got for Ooh. this one? It's at Tennessee, so uh, it's a pick em, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just kidding. There'll probably be a few pickums, but uh, I'm going to say Georgia minus 17. 21 in favor of the Bulldogs. I, oh, okay. I bet you like that, though. I, I bet you'd be betting them balls yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I, I can get on that. I can get on that train. <laughs> well, buddy, hey, that's going to do it uh, for our recap episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? Well, just don't forget those deals at Kroger this week, Mike, you know, because <laughs> especially that bourbon so, but no, just kidding. Mike, it was a fantastic weekend, obviously. Uh, my, my lock of the week hit, uh, Tennessee balls hit, so I, I'm on cloud nine. Uh, but I've been on the total opposite end of that, Mike. I've, I've lost and lost money, so, you know, you're going to have winners and losers each weekend, but uh if, if if this weekend is a sign of what's to come here at the tail end of the season as we're trying to figure out who's making bowls and what bowls they're making and trying to get to the playoffs and, and the SEC championships, man, it's just getting more and more intense, brother. So uh, I, I'm just soak it up because we got another live weekend coming up, brother. Absolutely. Well, I cannot wait for it, Shane. I do appreciate you hopping on the line, breaking down these games. I do appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out and it, it just feels like after that week man the SEC who knows what we're getting like I said the standings were going to be changed completely and they were and uh, I think next weekend is going to be just as good but that's going to do it brother catch you on the next one alright see you guys go balls <laughs> it's always nice to win a rivalry you know <laughs>